0: Happy Pride Month, everyone! We are back again for our last Pride episode, last episode ever. Last Pride episode. <laughs>
1: <laughs> don't say last episode ever. Don't
0: <laughs> that was a joke. Katie's like, "What?" <laughs> I
1: know. I was like, "Please don't joke with me right now."
0: Hey, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is Negative Podcast. My name is Evan,
1: and I'm Katie.
0: Hey, Katie, how are you? And why can't we joke with you right now?
1: <laughs> I should have called myself the Headless Chicken, actually, instead of Katie. Um, I, but I am. Um, um I'm up to 90. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm just so busy with work and life, and I actually don't have a life. My my life is work now. Mm-hmm. I do have an exciting new job that I started on Tuesday.
0: And how's it going?
1: It's going amazing, but it's going. You yeah. Know? It's getting it's getting long now. Mm-hmm. And it's only gonna get longer, but no, it's exciting and it's new opportunities and Oh, I don't think anybody realized that I haven't used Excel or Word in <laughs> a very long time. <laughs> so my Google history is, how do you put a new line in the same cell in Excel? <laughs> I mean, I figured it out, The internet helped, but... Uh... <laughs> and then today she was like can you just like redesign this whole thing uh in word and add pictures and make it orange and all i was like can i i was like i'll try i did i i figured it Mm. but yeah so that's how i am i'm up to 90 but i'm excited to be recording this episode also my laptop went into the hospital last night
0: oh god yeah no (laughs) you should text me yesterday (laughs)
1: That's, that's why I'm like a headless chicken. I was catching up today because I started a bit later. Yeah. And that's why I got out so late. So that's my life. How are you, Evan? Please tell me you're less chaotic than me right now.
0: I am <laughs> I am less chaotic. Um, Would you believe it? Just uh, all systems go now. New York on Monday. Yes. So very, very excited. It's just drawing closer. I can't believe it's almost here. Um, it's going to be eight days of pure bliss. I'm going to be doing so much i'll be at new york pride it's gonna be epic however yeah. i said this to you during the week airport security going to america i think you said it last week as well I'm yeah
1: dreading. no That's i fun. i don't blame you for dreading it like it's it's intense you mm. have done it before
0: yeah it was a bit different though i was doing a one when i did it last and he just kind of took my documents off me and was like okay grant <laughs>
1: Fair, like genuinely, the questions are just going to be like, "How long are you going for? Where are you staying? How much yeah. money do you have? What are your intentions? What what are your plans?" Mm. Um. So you'll be grand. Don't worry. Just yeah. Answer truth, really,
0: because they <laughs> just want to know you're not a weirdo. You know how it works.
1: Nothing to hide.
0: Okay, so we we have nothing to hide. So let's crack on. It is time, as per usual, for a bit of Pride Pop news. Would you believe it? I made that sound really joyful. It's not going to be all joyful, one hundred percent, with what the headlines we have. But anyway, oh. uh, oops. You can, you guys cannot see Katie's face. She's like, <laughs>
1: that's that. If my face had a sound, that would be
0: it. <laughs> so first up, um, so we first got to know her as the ex-fashion model turned desperate housewife, Gabrielle Salis, mm-hmm. of course. Uh, Due to the series, uh, popularity and resurgence on streaming, Eva Longoria commented on the idea of a possible reboot, saying she'd be the first to sign up, but she thinks she'd be the only one to sign up. She then said, I don't know if we could do the show today. I think we'd get cancelled. Not cancelled on TV, but like cancelled in culture because it was so groundbreaking. And we said and did so many things that were shocking at that time.
1: Yeah. uh, Yeah.
0: Mm.
1: Well, I don't know, because I feel like... The people that loved it back then will still love it.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: And I feel like they would like stick up for it. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, they'd have to tweak it. Like, but I don't think once you don't make it cancelable, then it won't be. Do you know what I mean?
0: I'd be down for a Desperate Housewives reboot.
1: I would be down. I also watched that before I was even in secondary school.
0: Before, yeah, I think everyone did on RTD, do you remember?
1: Like, do you remember going in the morning and talking to her? Well, I don't know if you did, but I did. But yeah, going did. in the morning in the yard and you'd be like to your friends. Oh, did you watch Desperate Housewives last night? Yeah. First of all, it was on at like nine o'clock.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we were like 11, we weren't supposed to be watching it.
1: Why were we not in bed?
0: <laughs> it's a very risque show as well.
1: Very, but a lot of it does go overhead. It's only when you're older and you see like a clip or you like re watch an episode and you go, Why? I watched this, <laughs> yeah. And it's very like risque,
0: very risque, very grown
1: up, very grown up, a lot and of we, like, sex,
0: a lot of, murder, a lot of a lot of the things.
1: <laughs> do you remember that when she murdered her husband with the lamp yoke, yeah. And we were all just like eating it up. We were all just like, yeah! This <laughs> no. is
0: where the true crime aficionado in you comes out. I think this is where it stems from.
1: I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> I would not disagree.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, we, we would love a Desperate Hells reboot, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So let's move on. So next up, it seems like this model, uh, Can't Escape controversy. And um, following her public not feud with Selena Gomez, Hayley Bieber has once again taken to her Instagram story to tell people to just stop. She said, if you're leaving mean or rude comments on my behalf on anyone's post, just know that I don't want that, nor do I ever or will I ever support or condone hateful, mean or nasty comments. Doing that is not supporting me. If you are participating in that, you are part of a culture that I want no part of. Please be nice or don't say anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, she has to say. Yeah. Like cuz fair enough, like you can't really speak for anybody else anyway. So she's not wrong in her statement, but like again, fans just need to chill out.
0: Yeah, definitely.
1: They they just do. Fans in general
0: mm-hmm. just
1: need stands, sorry, not fans. Stands,
0: stands. yeah, stands.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um There's just no need for it. Like, because, like, Hail Beaver's never going to turn around to be like, thank you so much for sending hate to that person. Yeah, no,
0: no one would fucking do that. Jesus. Thank
1: you for threatening somebody's life for me. (laughs) No. See, people aren't well.
2: That's
1: okay, that's okay. Mm -hmm. Not okay, but that's okay. Do you know what I mean?
0: Mental health is tricky. Like,
1: the people's actions are not okay, Mm -hmm. but then the... the not wellness is okay. Yeah. You know?
2: <laughs> get help. <laughs> this is, this is
1: <laughs> Get help, not be a troll.
0: Exactly. This is a public service announcement.
1: <laughs> PSA, get help, don't be a troll.
0: <laughs> we need to put that on t-shirts. We <laughs> could. Oh, we need a trademark lawyer for that. I think so. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: anyway, we're going to move on. So if anyone is begging for an Oasis reunion... No one is. um If anyone is, though, it's none other than 19, 1975 lead singer and my boyfriend, Maddie Healy. <laughs> <laughs> <That's-> <laughs>
2: that, digital, was,
1: <laughs> that was seamless. Chef's
2: kiss. <laughs> that was Chef's kiss.
1: That was <laughs> chef's kiss. That was seamless.
0: I'm well, right. you know, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, guys, we're together. Uh- <laughs>
1: I am Taylor Swift. <laughs> I know they broke up me.
0: Look, I mean, I had to move on after Sean. What can I say? You did. Mm. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to move on. Maddie uh, stated in a viral clip that Oasis need to grow up and stop marrying, claiming Oasis is one of the best bands around. Well, Noel Gallagher initially didn't take lightly to this as he commented saying, this is so funny, oh, that fucking slack John Fuck with. What did he say? He needs to go over how shit his band is and spit up. So then at, at the 1975 Dublin gig, Maddie played an acoustic set in place of his opening acts. Yeah. Uh, joking at Noel's comments saying that Liam Gallagher actually sent him flowers and he still stuck to the idea of Oasis getting back together and, and headlining Glastonbury. Well, after Maddie's uh, recent public breakup with Taylor Swift, uh, Noel Gallagher seems to be taking credit for this. Taylor, he he commented saying Taylor had obviously said, Now look, keep your fucking nose out of that Gallagher business or we are fucking through. And he, he couldn't help it. And Swifty, God bless her, said, I cannot deal with this shit because once he's done with you, he, he is gonna come after me and I'm not fucking having it. So I'm sorry, Matty, you gotta go. Serves him right.
1: You know the way I said stands need to chill. No Gallagher needs to chill. No needs chill. <laughs> the, the list is Stans plus Noel Gallagher. <laughs> it's not even second. It's <laughs> brackets.
0: Oh no, I'm sorry. Is anyone begging for an Alasis reinage? <laughs>
1: Maybe the young players that are at a session at four o'clock in the morning and they find a the guitar in the corner, and the oh. first song they play is Wonderwall.
0: Wonderwall but, is the worst song ever written.
1: But other than that, are people doing their Leaving Cert music exam?
0: Oh, God, guitar. that guy I went to school with, he said he was going to be in the next U2.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, a fellow I was in music with done um, Oasis for the Leaving Cert. Wonderwall. Not Oasis, Wonderwall. Wonderwall.
0: Specifically. <laughs> so, oh, no, chill,
1: chill out, dude.
0: Chill, Maddie is everything,
1: he's all right,
0: he's love my life, oh. he's the
1: love of your life. That's true.
0: <laughs> so, uh, next up, so the character of Miranda Sings has been a popular YouTube personality for a number of years now, but it looks like Colleen Ballinger is under fire. So, Colleen Ballinger, uh A YouTuber known for her character, Miranda Sings, is under fire for engaging in a pattern of inappropriate behavior with underage fans. She's being accused of grooming, manipulating fans into doing her free labor for her, bullying, and more. This came off the back of accusations made by Irish influencer Adam McIntyre, who accused the YouTuber of grooming her, sharing a screenshot of text messages where she seems to question the underage boy about his virginity, and there were other things. Uh, moments have also gone viral of Colleen as Miranda sings at live shows being very inappropriate with children.
2: Yeah.
1: So I I don't know if you know this about me, uh, Evan, but I I'm following this closely. Um okay. I actually follow both parties. Colleen and Adam. Yeah. So I would I'm as well like I was subscribed to Colleen, but I am subscribed to Adam,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I was subscribed to both of them at one point. And he brought out stuff in two thousand and twenty, and I believed him Yeah, but he didn't make it. Not everything was out. Yeah,
2: but
1: this whole situation is after coming to light because somebody else leaked it. This wasn't this year's one. Isn't wasn't on Adam's account.
0: Oh, so it wasn't Adam that.
1: Initially started it, no, but now Adam has to speak about it. So now Adam is speaking about it. So Adam streams on Twitch.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's at Adam McIntyre on Twitch. I don't know if anybody is interested, but go onto Adam's YouTube and just look at all the videos because mm-hmm. all of them now, some of them are like hours long. So I haven't watched every single bit of every video, but I've gotten a lot. An American YouTuber, Dustin Daly. Mm-hmm. who has had beef with Adam in the past, has come out kind of backing up Adam. Yeah. And was kind of the same thing as me, where like, uh, like we believed Adam back in 2020, but we didn't think it was as serious. Like, yeah, it was serious back then. I- I'm not saying it wasn't, but like, mm-hmm. I'm really sad about this because, first of all, like... everything that happened to Adam it's not nice but then also to think that like people's childhoods and you know like no, my cousin Jodie was like loved Miranda Sings at one point and like I have loved Colleen as Colleen yeah previously and now to think that this is all coming out and it's just really shit
0: it is really shit
1: and I feel so bad for Adam and I don't know if you've seen but this morning I saw a video it was only uploaded like early hours this morning Adam has had to go to the police okay because Adam's getting death threats and Adam's family's address is getting doxxed, trying to get doxxed so people are trying to reveal his family's address where his brothers work Um, people are sending Adam pictures in Brighton of Adam in Brighton being like we're gonna find you saying awful things you can only imagine they are death threats Jesus. Against him, his family and his pets. So Adam had to contact police in Ireland
2: mm-hmm.
1: and had to contact police in Brighton and had to tell the story to police multiple times, tell everything and they had, he had to put a report in about Colleen. So now there's a, a police report on it about Colleen.
0: Oh for God's sake, Jesus Christ.
1: So that's what I mean I actually follow, like I, once you said it, I, I was going to bring it up yeah. the pop news but you brought it up that's why my face dropped. But Mm. yeah, look, I stand with Adam
0: Okay, absolutely
1: Yeah And I hope justice is served And if we have updates on this We will update on the next couple
0: absolutely So next up, final headline for this one Um, So when Little Mix decided to take a hiatus last year No one took it harder than me Uh, Now that the girls are all on their solo journeys Leanne is getting ready to release her debut solo single Don't Say Love she is on her promo trail and is even on the cover of British Vogue. She also sat down to share about her life and career. So Leanne commented on the infamous Jesse Nelson, Nicki Minaj live video saying, I found myself in this massive drama on Twitter, maybe a month after giving birth. And one of the babies smiled at me for the first time. And was just and I was just like, well, this puts it into perspective, doesn't it? All I had to do was put the phone down and it went away because it's not real. She also commented on feeling underappreciated in the group saying, the pop industry is very white. We did have a predominantly white fan base. It took me so long to understand why I was feeling so undervalued. I just blamed myself. My family would be like, oh, Lee, you're you're getting the same money. It's fine. I just couldn't accept that. Within the group and in my career, I really felt like a lot of the time I was overlooked and undervalued. I really wanted to get that emotion across in the video. Frustration, sadness, anger. I wanted to get that across in my first single so I could just leave that girl and that feeling in the past
1: yeah that's a hard one um but like the way she was saying there that like her family were like oh you're getting the same money sometimes it's not about the money yeah sometimes it's about having because we always say about having like um representation in the media Mm
2: -hmm. but
1: also not having that same representation in your fans yeah of course it's disheartening but Mm -hmm. like you know she also has to remember how many fans she had that absolutely would would send death threats to people online for her <laughs> stands if you will, the people that might need to chill. but yeah. like, so it like, gets really hard and I know she's gone through a lot with motherhood and then she's getting brought into this drama and she's only have to give him birth and it's very, very hard for her, but I'm excited for her.
0: I'm so excited for this solo Leanne journey. The song sample sounds amazing. Um, yeah. She's always been my favourite. I've always been a Leanne stan through and through. Yeah. A little mixed stan, but of course Leanne's always been my favourite. Yeah. Um, And this promo trail she's on, I mean, cover British Vogue. She's going to be on, I think it's the Mo Gilligan shows on Friday night.
2: Certainly.
0: She's going to be on every radio show. So I'm excited for the promo, the single, hopefully an album. I'm excited yeah. for all of it. So yeah, and she deserves, and is. She did that documentary with the BBC called "Race, Pop, and Power," and what she was saying there about her fan base being predominantly white. She there was Little Mix went to Brazil, I think, uh, sometime before the pandemic, and it was mostly black fans, and they all just cheered her name.
2: Oh.
0: And it's like cu- it's like the most emotional moment in the world, and I she, oh. just, she just felt so loved, and I was like, oh, and she deserves to be loved because she's amazing.
1: Yeah, she well, she is loved. So I hope she feels it after all this promo.
0: Absolutely. Okay, so speaking of love, um, Katie, introduce this week's topic.
1: So, welcome back to week three of Pride Month. I hope it's treating you all well, because you deserve. Um, This week we're looking at Simon Spear, someone who's holding a secret from everyone he knows. That is until he's forced to have, he is forced to have to tell. A tale of young love, Hidden and unknown. Get ready, everyone, because this one may get emotional. That's right. This week we're talking about Love, Simon. So, Evan, what is your history with Love, Simon?
0: My history with AVEC amor Amor-Simon. Um, <laughs> Had to put it in there. <laughs>
1: Again, that's the second time I've heard that today, everybody. <laughs> <It's,
2: laughs> well I read it
0: once. It, this is a much, better, it's a, it's a much better title, in my opinion. Um. <laughs> it is. So yeah, My History of Love, Simon. I remember seeing the trailer first when I was in my second or third year of college. And I, and I re- recognized Nick Robinson, the main actor from Melissa and Joey. Um,
1: that's where I know him
2: from.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the hit from uh, Melissa and Joey. And, and the movie looked really good. And then I, I saw that the movie was based on a book. So I read the book, which is called Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda. Which oh. is... To be honest, it went with the right title for the movie, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and then I read the book and I flew through the book. Um, and then I saw the movie with my friend Leanne, shout it to Leanne, and we were the only two people in it, and we just we still talk about it, honestly, just that kind of experience, because we honestly just loved being the only two people watching that movie.
1: That's amazing. That and it was just
0: really we amazing. were just laughing and having a good time. And yeah, I've seen it a few times since. Um, yeah. so that's my history with Love Simon. Katie, what's your history with Love Simon?
1: I've heard of it definitely heard of it um but yeah never, never watched it mm-hmm. and then we chose it for this week's episode so mm-hmm. I'm very excited to tell you what I think about it when we get to that part
0: okay so I'm gonna recap the movie Love Simon Katie are you ready I'm ready so the movie opens with Simon getting a car for his birthday I uh, we learn about Simon's parents and he is a sister who loves to cook we learn about his friends, two of whom he's known forever, and one more newer friend. So Simon gets ready for school and looks out, at the, looks out the window at a gardener across the way. His dad busts in and tells him to come downstairs. So Simon eats a bit of his pancake and leaves for school. So before he gets in the car, he attempts to talk to the gardener. He picks up uh, Nick first, who's talking about a dream. Leah then gets in the car and talks about the latest story on Creek Secrets, the school gossip site. They pick up iced coffees and Nick says Abby likes hers with oat milk. So Nick tells Abby about his dream and she she says maybe it's something he's not seeing clearly. So then Simon turns on the radio and they all vibe. They arrive at school. Ethan, an out out gay kid at the school, is talking about Halloween costumes with his friends and he gets called the F-slur by two jocks. Simon and his friends walk into the school and the principal uh, starts taking phones, the vice principal even. Abby is at her locker with Simon and Martin pops by to say hello. Abby and Simon leave Martin in the hall. Simon's family are sitting down to dinner, deciding what to watch. Simon's dad comments on how fruity the bachelor is. Simon's dad wants to show him something. So he's making an anniversary video for his Simon's mom and shows it to Simon. Simon slams the video and tries to make it better. So Simon's lying on his bed and Leah tells him about a new post about a gay student on Creek Secrets. Simon ends the FaceTime as he checks the website. The post was written by someone called Blue. Simon decides to confide in Blue through email using the alias of Jacques. Simon wakes up the next morning and no response. So Simon's in class and he heads out to check his phone. At lunch, everyone is at lunch, including Bram, the school jock. The vice principal uh, takes Simon's phone and tells him about his day. So Simon can pick up his phone after school. So rehearsals are underway for cabaret and it is bad. Mrs. Aldridge shares her thoughts and Simon heads to get his phone. Simon gets his phone back and heads to the car to see if he get a, got a response. So Simon decides to respond and explain to how his being gay came to be. Simon gets a response from Blue and the two start emailing back and forth. So at rehearsal, Simon is learning a dance and Cal makes fun of him for this. Blue tells Simon he loves orange Oreos. Mr. Worth sneaks up on Simon in the library and overshares. Simon leaves and at the computer is... And is still unlocked because his emails open the gang all sit down uh, at lunch simon pulls out an oreo and bram comes over sa- uh, saying he loves the halloween oreos so bram's throwing a halloween party simon begins to think blue could be bam because of the oreo thing simon is painting sets for cabaret and heads to get a soda martin follows out to him and hints that he knows simon is gay martin has screenshotted the emails um and simon drags him to the library to talk to him Martin likes Abby and wants Simon to help him. So, Simon is at dinner and gets a response from Blue, who says he's not ready to come come out yet. Simon agrees to help Martin with Abby. Uh, So, Simon heads to Martin's house and he's really into magic. Martin tries to be sexy and Simon helps him with his fashion sense. Martin says he wants Abby to like him for him. Simon invites Martin to Bram's party. Simon and Leah are dressed as John and Yoko. Nick is dressed as Ronaldo. Abby arrives dressed as Wonder Woman. Uh, Leah and Simon talk in the kitchen and Martin arrives. Martin's dressed as a Freudian slip. The gang are heading to the party. Nick and Abby talk and Martin tries so desperately to fit in. Martin has a go at Simon. Bram greets them as they walk in and notices that he's John Lennon straight away. So Simon decides to have a drink at the party. Abby and Leah dance together as Nick and Simon watch from the balcony. Nick wants to ask Abby out and Simon lies about her fake boyfriend. Martin dances way too hard to impress Abby. Bram asks Simon to play uh, beer pong and invites Martin and Abby to do it. Bram and Simon do karaoke and then he does the down version. So, drunk Simon preps himself to come forward to Bram and sees Bram with a girl. Martin throws up all over Simon. Leah carries a drunk Simon home and his parents are still up. So, Leah preps him to act natural. Uh, his parents ask them how the party was and Simon and Leah head to bed. Simon's parents know that he's drunk and say they're good parents. So Simon and Leah talk about feeling weird. Leah says she's only destined to care about one person. They say an awkward good night and go to sleep. Simon writes to Blue and shares the shares the straight the straight people have to come out. Uh he also implies that Leah likes Nick. Simon says uh when he goes to college he'll be out in prayer, which leads to a Whitney Houston dream. He signs the email, love Jacques, and realizes that he messed up. The students share their upcoming Christmas plans. So Cal shares he's on vacation in the middle of nowhere. Martin fakes a paper cut and grabs Simon to put to put the plan in action. Abby walks in and Simon comes up with an idea for he, Abby and Martin to run lines in Waffle House. So Blue emails Simon saying he's going to come out and signs it Love Blue. Martin, Simon and Abby head to Waffle House and the waiter Lyle recognises Simon. Martin asks Abby about her parents' divorce. She tells him about it and he tells her she deserves a superhero. They stand on the table and scream it. They return to their lines. Simon sees Lyle go outside and follows him out. They chat and the winter uh and the winter returns inside. Waiter. Uh, <laughs> Simon gets an email and now he thinks uh, that it's Lyle, the waiter. Uh Abby and Simon drive home and she thinks uh Martin is cool now abby and simon talk about love he stops the car he comes out to her they say they love each other and drive off simon sends his email to blue and suggests that they reveal their identities blue came out to his dad but he's not ready to to reveal his identity just yet so martin and abby are vibing at lunch simon gets up and nick follows him nick says he's gonna tell abby he likes him and simon lies saying abby likes martin simon uh, says that leah likes nick leah tells simon that nick just asked her out Simon um, says, that's amazing. And he tells her he knows she's into Nick. Simon thinks Leah and Nick should go out. So it's a homecoming game and Abby tries to talk to Simon about guys. Lyle is at the game and he talks to Simon. Lyle wants to ask Simon something. And it turns out he's interested in Abby. So the mascot changes, uh, chases Simon and it's Martin. Martin has a plan to impress Abby, but Simon doesn't want to hear it. Simon and Abby take their seats. Ethan is being harassed by two jocks and he claps back at them. Nick and Leah went to a restaurant. Uh, Abby likes, and there's tension. So the national anthem's underway, and Martin dresses the mascot interrupts, and professes his affection for Abby. He asks her out in front of everyone, and she says no. She still wants to be friends, and the doves fly away. Nick questions if Abby liked him, and Simon pretends not to know. Martin's epic fail is Oliver Creek secrets. Simon's tries to call Martin but gets his voicemail. Blue responds saying his plans are in the middle of nowhere, um which makes him think that it's Cal. So Simon responds, giving him a list of the best Christmas songs. Um, the best of them all being Someday at Christmas by the Jackson Five. Simon is now thinking about kissing Cal. Uh, Leah FaceTime Simon and tells him to check Creek Secrets. Martin has outed Simon publicly. Simon hangs up on Leah. His sister walks in and she's, she's seen it. Simon snaps at her as she runs off crying. Simon gives Blue a heads up and doesn't want Blue to disappear. Simon is getting endless texts and freaks out. It's Christmas Day. The family are exchanging presents. Simon's about to come out before his dad uh, jokes about him getting someone pregnant. Simon finally comes out and his dad tries to lighten up a humor. Nora tells her dad off and he gets up and leaves. Simon sends Blue another email. His parents want to talk, but he leaves to pick up his friends. His friends finally confront him about his lies. Abby and Simon are Abby and Nick are together. Simon ex- uh, explains the situation. Abby tells Simon off, and they all leave. Simon stops Leah. And she tells the truth and says that she was in love with Simon the whole time. So Leah calls uh, Simon cruel and walks away. Simon walks into school with all eyes on him. And Mr. Worth has changed his tune towards him. Simon's ex-girlfriend Jackie asks him about their breakup in the cafeteria. The two jocks come in dressed as Simon and Ethan to loud music. Simon gets up to tell them off and Mrs. Albright takes over. She hands him their asses and sends them to the office. Ethan and Simon are waiting outside Mr. Worth's office. Ethan says, coming out was hard for him. Uh, It was never easy. Mr. Worth calls him in and forces them to apologise. Mr. Worth seems to think that Simon and Ethan are boyfriends. Uh, Martin tries to apologise to Simon, but Simon's not interested. He snaps at Martin and gets in his car. Simon gets a new email from Blue, and Blue decides to end it with Simon. Simon starts to cry as he's now been blocked. Simon heads to school and stops to talk to Cal in the hallway. He wants to know if Cal is Blue, but Cal is in fact not Blue. So Simon's sitting outside the carnival He comes home and he talks to his mom. She says she knew he had a secret and they have a meaningful conversation. Leah is out walking her dog and he pretends to run to talk to her. Simon tells Leah he fell in love with Blue. Simon says it was harder for him to tell Leah, given how long they've been friends. Leah and Simon reconcile. Simon's dad is taking down the Christmas lights as Simon comes home. They decide to talk and have a meaningful conversation. Simon's dad apologizes and she says he loves his son and cries. They hug and talk about the anniversary video. Simon's dad thinks Grindr is Facebook for gay people. Simon and his uh, dad are presenting the anniversary video. They openly flirt in front of their kids. Uh, Simon decides to put up his own post on Creek Secrets and wants Blue to meet him on the Ferris wheel. Simon walks back into school and all is well again. So it's opening night of Cabaret. Things have gone all right. Uh, Leah and Nick hug Abby backstage and officially make up with Simon. They all go to the carnival together, so his friends salute him as he wants to have his Ferris wheel moment. People show up in support of Simon. The wheel keeps spinning. Blue hasn't turned up. It's the last ride ticket, and uh, Martin says that he's Blue, but guess what? He's not. Martin hands the Kearney uh, a wad of cash for the last ride on the wheel. Blue finally shows up, and it's Bram. Bram explains his drunken kiss at the party. It's all come out now, basically. They're at the top of the Ferris wheel, and they kiss. Everyone applauds Simon. Simon is getting ready for school again. Uh, Creek Secrets is now a place to confess things, to, thanks to Simon. So he heads to school, picking up five iced coffees this time. Abby and Nick sit in the back. Leah, initially sitting in the front, wheels in the back. Simon picks up Bram. They share a kiss. They all drive off. And that is the end of Love, Simon.
1: Yes, it is.
0: So, discussion time.
1: Um, I really liked this. I'm going to start off and mm.
0: put
1: it like that. I actually think it's a good movie.
0: Yeah, so do I.
1: Like, I feel like it was paced well. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like good actors. Yeah, definitely. I don't think there's any bad actors in it. Like, I, maybe one or two, but that happens in everything. <laughs> um, no, but, but like genuinely, I do think it was a good cast. Like, it was good casting. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it really got the message across. I feel like this was definitely a movie that I could put on for comfort. Yeah, 100%. Even though it is an uncomfortable movie. Yeah, it is. Like, there's some uncomfortable topics and scenarios. Mm-hmm. It's still a comfort movie in the end. Mm. And, and when everything starts kind of going right, in the end and then you're like oh this is cute but I will say it's not as easy for everybody <laughs> than what this smooth portrays
0: that is 100% correct um,
1: but I'm sure people know that but,
0: well he likes theatre yeah. and iced coffee like
1: well he doesn't really like theatre
0: yeah, he's just into theatre I suppose yeah
1: because they all had to do it yeah
0: yeah, he's also for Hufflepuff. <laughs> I should say it all. <laughs>
1: hey, I'm Hufflepuff. <laughs> Hufflepuff. 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 I know what it is, Evan. My lips just won't work, okay? Hufflepuff. <laughs> Why is my... I... Like, this Brain's is kind ripping. of annoying, But, like, sometimes I feel like I should do, like, mouth exercises in the morning. Like, sometimes I feel like my mouth doesn't do what i wanted to do <laughs> like okay <laughs> like a vocal warm-up but for my mouth
0: yeah okay right so um i feel that love simon um has a very john hughes-esque feeling to it if you don't know who john hughes is he directed the breakfast club pretty in pink yeah. ferris bueller's day off i think it's that kind of vibe yeah very john hughes um, inspired teen movie and i love a good teen movie
1: i do love a good teen movie I will mm-hmm. say that
2: mm-hmm.
1: I'll never grow out of the teen movie phase I will be 60 and I will love a teen movie Yeah, and I'll still be watching this one but it is a good movie and it is a good movie to kind of show to younger audiences
0: I was going to say that I feel like this movie is more for like 12 13 year olds who are like <laughs> big question mark what's going on here
1: yeah and like primary school level and stuff mm to show them that like that this has been por- portrayed in the media
2: mm-hmm. and
1: it's okay and all this and it, and it opens conversations um but also when you if you were to show a child this like, because i'd love to like mo- monday maybe show it to like kids or nephews or whatever you mm-hmm. know little people in my life uh but um I feel like it's important that if somebody was shouting this to a younger person, just kind of shouting that, like, like, you know, give, open their eyes a bit. Uh mm-hmm. It should come with a warning that this is not everybody's story, and this is not as easy.
0: Yeah, it seemed a bit too easy, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Or like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: not that I want this, but there wasn't enough bullying in it and i i don't want to portray that but there wasn't enough bullying in it yeah because i feel like we need to get uncomfortable with movies sometimes like we need to shoot Mm -hmm. the ones that are really uncomfortable Mm -hmm. um but no but i still really 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 enjoyed it
0: Mm. some parts of it are quite cringy though
1: Is it fair to say it's all kind of cringy?
0: Yeah, no, that is fair. Do you remember when they put the music on in the car?
1: I think I tuned it out.
0: Are they all bobbing their heads? No, do you know why I had to mute that scene in the Waffle House? Why? I mute that every time. The goddamn superhero scene.
1: I thought that was lovely.
0: That made me want to... oh my skin off. I love the intent, but the delivery yeah. is not great.
1: <laughs> I get that. I thought that was really really nice I thought they were going to follow Martin and Abby yeah no well I thought they were going to
0: that actress who plays Abby is beautiful
1: oh she is mm. I mean the whole cast is good looking <laughs> let's be real yeah because that's super hot
0: Josh DeMal, yes
1: super hot very good looking man
0: oh his dad's his dad's a bit of a weirdo
2: though as well
1: Oh, his dad's sort of weirdo. <laughs> the reason his mom's with his dad is because he's good looking.
2: Yeah, fair. So, Jennifer
0: Garner's the mom as well.
1: Because if he, he wasn't as as physically like ripped, because I'm sure he is, she wouldn't be with him. She no.
0: Some weird grown ups in this movie. Yeah. So you have like well, Mrs. Albright's funny, and the drama teacher. You have Mr. Worth, the vice principal. <laughs>
1: yeah i think he's how ha- he has his own secret too
0: he's a creep
2: mm. <laughs> it's
0: like teachers go on tinder dates too it's like okay but yeah I feel like, 17
1: <laughs> i feel like you're getting in trouble for saying that to somebody <laughs> in your school like if that gets out i feel like the board's having a meeting with you do you know what i mean mm So, yeah. No, but I do think... I know what they were going for with him, though. They were kind of looking for, like... They were looking for us to not like him. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I do have a question, though.
2: Yeah.
1: How old is Nora meant to be?
0: I think somewhere between 9 and 11. I think she's 9 in the book.
1: Because she looks really young in the movie mm-hmm. but then she's like really like, like woke like I don't know do you know what I mean
0: she's a modern child Katie you can't you can't be getting away with them now
1: <laughs> yeah I guess just you know like all the like I know the kids cook c- yeah c- the whole
0: thing where she was on Creek Secrets I'm like is that not a school gossip so, well I suppose can get access to her
1: yeah, so I'm like if she's on Greek secret, she's at least twelve mm-hmm. in my mind. Mm. But I guess she could be eleven, like. Um it's I think I signed Jodie for Facebook when she was eleven. I was thirteen.
0: <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. The things he did back after... then.
1: Yeah, I got into her. She mm, was eleven. They couldn't say and then. There <laughs> was made like
0: <laughs> oh, Yeah, there it is now
1: um but yeah uh so yeah that just was like a a, a bafflement moment you know like when she's telling her to, to show up and all yeah Who like, oh, are you
0: <laughs> no uh, no. Ah, no she was just kind of and then i Do you... here's a question right
1: hmm.
0: you think simon is a good character
1: <sighs> i think he's a good character with with some flaws yes I think he's just a flawed human.
0: I think he's a shit friend.
1: Yeah. And I do, I I understand that, but I also kind of get where Simon's coming from.
2: Yeah.
0: I suppose of the Martin situation.
1: Nobody knows. He's getting blackmailed. Yeah. Like, if some one of my friends was something like that to me, I'd obviously be livid, but if they told me, look, it happened because I was literally being, being blackmailed and I didn't know what to do.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, I know some other people might be like, well, why didn't you just tell me? But it's not always that easy.
0: That's true, yeah.
1: People's minds build things up way more than they have to. And sometimes you can't control that.
0: Yeah, honestly.
1: Like... Even as simple as like today, there was one task I found really hard to go into doing in my job. Mm -hmm. You know what that task was?
2: What?
1: Ask someone to print something for me. (laughs) I'm not even messing. That's what I mean. Like my brain was just like, this is just just so hard. Mm. But it wasn't when I actually done it. I had the issue that I'd been trying to do from 11 o'clock. No, like half 10 in the morning. Mm -hmm. i went in at about four o'clock to get it done i put it off that long (laughs) those things were on my desk by 20 past
2: four
1: (laughs) (laughs) big sheets but like do you know so your brain can just put these walls up and make you believe something that's not true yeah So I do get it, but, um, and I also have his back on the thing of, like, not, like, opening up to Abby before opening up to Nick and Leah, because, especially if, I've obviously never had to come Mm -hmm. out to somebody, but it is something that you don't know how people are going to take.
0: Yeah, and Abby was, like, a newer friend, so I suppose it would have been easier.
1: Because if she had to just cut him off. Mm hmm there's not years and years and years of friendship mm-hmm. you hadn't have accepted it there's not all these memories it's because it, if, if if that had happened a bit later and Nick there would have been much heartbreak yeah as well as, and and I know people go through it and to be fair I probably not not I would have liked to see it like as an I wouldn't have enjoyed it but I would have liked to see it as in to show people that that does happen mm-hmm Unfortunately, people don't accept, like, whatever. Well, I do understand where he came from by not telling Leah. That's what I'm trying to say.
2: Yeah.
0: And poor Leah, man. Jesus.
1: Yeah, she went through the ringer. She's very pretty, though.
0: Catherine Langford.
1: Yeah, I love Catherine Langford.
0: Yeah, no, she's beautiful.
1: Beautiful woman.
0: She is a beautiful woman. Um, (laughs) She's a bad-tasting man um, in this movie, anyway.
1: Yeah, well, you know. Well, she doesn't have bad taste. She just has the wrong taste. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, oh, yeah, that's the way to put it. <laughs> like,
1: uh, like, yeah. I Because I understand the appeal. But mm-hmm. just unfortunately, he doesn't have any appeal to you.
0: Mm, right. Um, so did you know who or did you have an idea who Blue was before the reveal?
1: Oh, uh, I was eating everything up. Anytime somebody was like shown on the screen, I was like, oh. Ah! But <laughs> I did think it was Bram.
0: You thought it was Bram the whole time?
1: In and out. So, like, you know, then when we found out it wasn't
2: mm-hmm.
1: like that guy, and, and then I'm like, all right, it's definitely Bram then. And then another one came in, and I'm like, oh, it could be him. And then that doesn't work out. I'm like, okay, it's definitely Bram then. <laughs> Although, when Mar- Martin.
0: Martin, the, the black lady.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he ran up to the Ferris wheel. Oh, gosh. I was like, if it's him, mm-hmm. I'm going to be mad. Big mad. But it wasn't, so we were fine. Oh, I
0: hated that. That was like me to be like redemption thing. I'm like, this guy is a sleazy brick.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Martin was like the weird character
2: mm-hmm.
1: but like without actually being that weird
2: mm-hmm.
1: like yeah yeah he was weird don't get me wrong but like he kind of like not that he redeems himself but I feel like he's given like a bit of an out if that makes sense yeah of the fact that like he kind of ends up being accepted a little bit hmm um what do you think about that
0: i don't know well i don't know because we don't see him at the very end in the car there's only five spots in the car so (laughs) oh yeah no he's definitely not i start i just don't think yeah i just think once you i think if you out someone you're the biggest prick on the planet
1: that's that's fair actually yeah
0: yeah and i just didn't think he deserved any redemption so, no. I, I don't think he, he got any redemption. That was just a little throw in moment. So it was like, okay, Grant.
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: true. Mm. I i get it. But now, as soon as I seen that happen, I was like, oh, I knew that. I just knew that was going to happen.
2: Mm.
1: I knew there was going to be a blackmail storyline. I was like, oh, damn it. It did. What movie does this movie remind you of?
0: Is, is, do you do you have an answer that you want me to say or?
1: No, I'm just asking. Well, it's a John Hughes,
0: them, like... John Hughes esque movie. So, like Pretty in Pink is, I think maybe the closest thing to it. Or... I
1: was getting what?
0: What were you? No, what were you going to say?
1: I was waiting for your second one. Um, I was getting major um Cinderella story vibes from this.
0: Okay, no, I can see that as well.
1: Yeah, like the the whole like email part. Yeah. Um but that yeah, yeah
0: I, I getting... kind of still find that so weird. What? The emailing back and forth. I'm like, you don't know what this guy looks like.
1: Ah, uh, but have you not? Ne- did you never do that as a teenager?
0: No. <laughs> you
1: like <laughs> spoke to someone that you don't know what they look like?
0: Katie, no, who are you? And
1: Online. It's cool...
0: Online. <laughs> that is the biggest risk.
1: Yeah, I never met up with them though. Look, all I'm saying is is. I can't even remember what my point was anymore Oh no sorry Okay yeah okay I, I'm sure I did but no my point was like Okay I did know what they look like Most of the time Marie.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But do you remember when you were younger And you would only text somebody Yeah yeah Like you never met up in person
2: mm-hmm.
1: It was Pure Just texting Yeah And you like fall in love it can happen, well, like, sh- shallow love, not real love, but, like, when you're a teenager, think back to how intensely you felt everything.
0: No, okay, I mean, that is fair-ish. <laughs> like,
1: when I was a teenager, I was in love every day. <laughs> Do you remember when I used to hold eye contact with somebody like Evan we had a moment.
0: Oh, my <laughs> God, yeah, I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> when we went to Starbucks that one time. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you used to always happen in Starbucks. Now, when I think back to it, it was just great customer service. But, <laughs> <laughs> but when I was a teenager, I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Evan has left the chat. <laughs> it was. It was great customer service. It kept my eye contact the whole time.
0: These memories are being unlocked right now. <laughs>
1: I just I just always thought I was the main character, everybody.
2: Yeah,
0: I mean, nothing around with gr-
1: that. I grew out of that though. No, I haven't. <laughs> I'd rather just be a side character now. Don't give me attention. <laughs> By the end of this job run I'll be like oh, I didn't change my name. <laughs> <laughs> but um do you have anything else to say about this movie?
0: Oh, I feel like I do, and I just need to collect my thoughts right now after that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um. <let's> see. <clears throat> what else was there? I feel like I did have more to say. Um. Oh, his conversation with Ethan outside the uh, principal's office. Yeah. Yeah. Was Was I meant to feel something there?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was very weird. Yeah. And also I did like that Ethan did say about like um their mom oh, like na- Oh yes. Yeah. yeah, that was nice. Mm. Not being very accepting. Mm-hmm. Um well like around the nanny and stuff. Like that <laughs> was, that was lovely, like but um because I think Simon did say something about like being accepted or something. Ethan. He said it was like
0: easy. How easy it was for Ethan. Ethan's like it was not ever easy for me.
1: Yes, yes, but that's again. You, you don't know what's going on in somebody's life. You just mm-hmm. see it from the outside. Do you know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um. Oh yeah, because he was like you came out when you were sixteen. Like, mm-hmm. and then we had it like that was only a year ago. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah, it's
1: not that long.
0: Yeah, well, they're graduating there, so they'd be about 17, 18
1: then. Yeah um, um still not long to be out
0: yeah no that that is completely fair the soundtrack to this actually I should own the the soundtrack to this on vinyl I don't know why uh, in you both do. yeah it's yeah I, I think it's the movie that actually got me into 1975 so thank you Rebecca Marcimo um oh, oh.
1: you're it the, the La
0: <laughs> you're the one love Simon you're the
1: one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you you can blame Simon Spear for all of this. I am. But uh, yeah, so it's a good set. And then hold on, now he does a Christmas playlist. Mariah Carey's not on there. I looked at the song list. Mariah Carey's not on there. Crime. True. Love the Jackson Five song, but crime.
1: <laughs> True. Yeah, it's not Christmas if Mariah Carey's not involved.
0: And do you know what? I actually, I I like Bram, but I would have preferred to see him get with Cal, the little pianist.
1: Penis. no i, I know he was... you
0: know it's a funny <laughs> word <laughs> um
1: yeah i don't i don't know really glad he's with bram
0: bram good looking they're all gorgeous
1: yeah the, the whole cast is good looking like
0: oh yeah you should follow the guy that, that plays bram on instagram
1: oh, I, feel he's, like I don't absolute, want
0: him. he's absolutely fabulous i'll show oh. you something. let me just put a base it's keenan something and i think he's australian no Australians are they, in this movie?
1: Why why are they allowed to be Australian in the movie?
0: Because they well, it's obviously it's based off a book and the book's set in America.
1: Why can't they, they just set it in Australia for the movie?
0: <laughs> because it's not neighbours, pal.
2: Yeah, stupid.
0: He's absolutely. I oh, know. I'm just looking at his. Oh, there's a really good figure. Oh, wait, can you see that? Um.
1: Mm-hmm barely
0: yeah he's wearing a beautiful shawl i think i might be messing with the pronouns there so do apologize um it's just a colorful human being that was the met gala in 2019 oh that's a good look nothing i know i don't know what's going on with the resolution in this
1: what is oh there, it. there it is oh wow
0: I'm saying very, very flamboyant. Great, I like it. Yeah, anyway. Um, I don't know if I have any more to say on this, but i will just work it in. So, yeah. but uh, this is one of the rare times I've read the book and seen the movie. So, I'm going to talk about the differences between the book, which is entitled Simon versus the Homo sapiens agenda, terrible title in my opinion, and the
2: movie. <laughs>
1: Not a great title.
0: So obviously the first kind of big distinction is just the title there. Um because um that's a mouthful.
1: Yeah, maybe that's why they changed it. Mm. In the book though, does he say love Simon? Yeah, he does. Or, or love Jacques.
0: Yeah, so um. it's like like I don't know if you ever read a book where they're like writing to each other in emails or whatever. It's all that like it's that different kind of font. Remember? You know what's big and chunky?
1: Yeah, I just I'm gonna like I don't know if you've ever read a book.
0: (laughs) Katie, I don't know if you've heard of this thing with pages
1: and words. (laughs) I actually have. I, I read um funny enough a book who that was made into a movie called Love Rosie, but that's not what the original title was. Yeah,
2: that's insane.
1: Cecilia Hearn over over the rainbow or something i think it's called i can't remember now i can never remember the name of the book but i read that about six times as a child so i do i do understand what you mean yeah yeah,
0: yeah. so then um in the so simon's then um, just this is it from an article on loopers so i'm just going to read this um because it's been about five years since i read the book so i'll try and see what i remember yeah um, so they had the subheadline headline in this si- Simon's aged up. So not only is the title character different, but uh, there's a title different, Sorry, but the titular character Simon himself is as well. In the book, Simon is described as having glasses, which are nowhere to be seen in the film. Maintained, however, are his music interests and love of Oreos. Fun subplots in the book that feel pivotal scenes. So while Simon's personality is pretty much maintained in the film adaptation, the decision was to made to slightly age up Simon in it, uh, and his friends. In the book, they are juniors in high school, but in the film, they are seniors, which has him mentioning colleges that he would like to attend next fall. It's a subtle change that added to the coming of age and finding yourself uh, themes of the film, while also giving the movie a cleaner ending. And then Mm it just goes into talk about like the book. There was no sequel, but there was another book written after it that's set in the same town. I don't know. Oh, I didn't actually read that. So, yeah, Simon's just a bit older in the film, I suppose. Yeah. In fact, they all look like teenagers, though. It's just...
1: They do. They do. <laughs> they really all do.
0: Mm-hmm. Except for Lyle. <laughs> the waiter.
1: Who's Lyle again?
0: The waiter from Waffle House.
1: I think he looks a bit like a teenager. No, he's meant to be, like, a year older. Well, I suppose he'd be
0: in college then. But... Yeah,
1: like 19, like. Mm. 18, 19, yeah. yeah. He's
2: a teenager.
0: So then this one is the Spear family. So not only is Simon portrayed a bit differently in the film, so is his family. So in the book, Simon actually has two sisters, an older one named Alice, who was away at college, and a younger sister named Nora. Alice is not in the film, only Nora is. The tweak eliminates uh, several smaller plots in the film and may even uh, be the reason for the modified ending, simply because the character isn't there and there wasn't an uh, optimal character to give plots to. So Nora is a freshman in high school in the in both the book and film. So she's
1: 14. <laughs> that makes sense to my question. You
0: never saw her in the school, though. I thought she was 11.
1: But she doesn't look 14.
0: Mm. But so, it
1: makes sense that she's 14.
0: Well, they might have her down for the film. Um, no, no, In the book and the film, she's been in high school. Okay, that's. we're going to move on. But, in the book, she's described as more of a homebody, which is reflected in the film. The film seems to lean more into the sensitive, younger nature of the character whereas in the book she feels more assertive in her choices and personality. His parents, Emily and Jack, are uh, depicted quite faithfully in the film adaptation. Emily is still a child psychologist that sometimes blurs the lines between patient and around children. Jack is filled Jack is filled with dad jokes, some of which are homophobic in nature and seem to upset Simon or make him uncomfortable, even though he very clearly states the social leanings of his parents, both very accepting when Simon comes out to them to show emotional vulnerability when discussing it in the film, which is consistent to their characters in the book.
2: Oh, that's good.
0: Yeah, I think the older the older sister Alice, I remember this now, she was a bitch. Oh. So she wasn't in the movie for a reason. Yeah, good. Then this one, the musical. So a significant portion of the book's plot revolves around the musical that many of the characters spend their fall and winter on. The 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 musical Oliver, the classic coming of age show based on the book Oliver Twist, uh, the adaptation is a boy who struggled with his place in life. Taking the blame for an action that isn't his own, the slightly the slightly parallels Simon's life in the book. He's struggling with who he is, and he is coming out, and then takes the brunt of the response when he's outed by someone being bullied, tormented by his class. The musical is changed from Oliver to Cabaret in the film. Uh, production mm-hmm. had intended to keep the in the same the same in the film, but was unable to secure the rights. So Huff post reported in twenty eighteen, Greg Berlanti, the film's director, then intended to have the drama teacher Miss Albright. Write her own musical based on the movie Say Anything and have her students perform it. However, Bernlandi ultimately decided that the subplot would take too much time and pivoted in another direction. Yeah, so he changed <laughs> the musical for the movie.
1: Okay, that's fair enough.
0: Yeah. Uh, that musical looks shy, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah, didn't look great now.
0: Okay, so the love triangles. Okay, so this is interesting. Because I remember I was like I was like, I remember this differently. When I was rewatching it this week and then I realized I was thinking of the book. So um, like any young adult series geared to teens, Simon versus the Homo Sapiens agenda is based around a, a tangled love triangle. Nick likes Abby, who recently moved uh, to Georgia from Washington, D.C. Uh, and Abby likes Nick, too. So it should be smooth sailing from there. However, Leah likes Nick, which causes tension in the group. Then there's Martin, who likes Abby, but hasn't really approached her about it. Martin discovers Simon's emails with Blue and that Simon is gay after reading them on a school computer. Simon used, uh, use forgetting, that's uh, forgetting clog off. Sorry, <laughs> I just blanked there. He uses this uh, information to blackmail Simon into setting him up with Abby. All of these interactions are happening while Simon falls in love with Blue, who believes he is a guy named Cal. Martin also believes that Abby likes Simon, which causes him to out Simon. There are many moving parts to the love triangles in this book. So the film simplifies the triangle slightly, but not too, not by much. Nick still likes Abby, and the feelings are returned. Leah likes Simon, eliminating some tension, but introducing a new dynamic. Martin is still very into Abby, and does blackmail Simon over it. Simon isn't as confident about Blue's identity in the film, causing several different characters to voice him uh, before his identity is revealed. Okay. Yeah, so I remember Nick, Leah like Nick in the book, I don't know why I thought they got to Yeah, Martin and Abby get together in the book and then Leah and Nick get together in the book.
1: Ah,
0: That's what I was remembering.
1: See, that's why I thought the film was gone.
0: See, I would have preferred that, if I'm honest with
1: you. You just said you wouldn't want Martin to be with Abby.
0: Oh, okay. Well, now I... Oh, no. am, I go... am I flip-flopping?
1: To be fair, I'm glad it didn't go away because then Abby would have been with somebody that was mean to her friend.
0: Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. I think I just lost my train of thought. That's okay. Right, so Martin's grand gesture. Oh. That was bad. It was a bad time. Yeah, it was. Abby handled it like a pro, though. So in the book, Martin continuously tries to engage Abby in conversation anytime he's around her. He does the same thing in the film. However, the film adds in a grand gesture from Martin to Abby that doesn't happen in the book and modifies the other large scale moment where Martin tries to impress Abby in front of Simon. The first is when Martin, Abby and Simon go to Waffle House to review their lines for the musical. Simon suggests this in both. But what Martin does change between the book and the film adaptation in the book, he makes a huge spectacular spectacle of singing one of the songs from Oliver. Trying to show who he is, but also to impress Abby in the film. This changes to reciting a speech about what Abby deserves on a guy to the whole restaurant until Abby gets up and says it too again, trying to impress her, but in a more explicit way. So this is followed by the grand gesture at the homecoming game. Uh, when Martin approaches Simon, he frustratingly tells Martin to make a big move to get off, to get him off his back. Martin decides to take the microphone away from Taylor as she sings the national anthem and professes his love for Abby. She probably turns it down. Martin becomes the talk of the school with his fueling fueling him to out Simon and his emails with Blue.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just like, oh.
0: Yeah, you're the same. Um, What was I going to say there? There was something there that's true. Oliver. Oh, God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. What song was it in the book? Do you remember?
0: Oh, um. Can. Oh. No, that's from Annie. What is the really famous one from Oliver?
1: Um, the one that Nancy sings? Consider
0: yourself. That's it.
1: Oh. Not the one. I
0: would have. I wanted to peel my skin off in the movie.
1: Yeah, you would have imagined he had it on that in the film. I would have
0: turned it off. <laughs> I would have been like, "No, we're not doing this, Martin. I can't do this with you.
1: We'll keep you in the book."
0: Okay, so I'll just fly through the rest of these. So, um, um, in the film, viewers get to see Simon's initial reaction to blue's post on the school gossip Tumblr Creek Creek Secrets. Anonymously coming out, Simon is told about the post by Leah, and after seeing it, he makes an excuse to get off the phone with her, and creates a new email. Um, and immediately, uh, emails blew a letter. And in the book, he he the reader doesn't see this. Simon says that he saw the post at the start of the school year, created an email reply, and replied anonymously to the post with the word "this" and the newly created email address. Yeah, this isn't the. This isn't the only way Creek Secrets is handled differently between the movie and the book. In the book, after Martin feels like Simon isn't doing enough to help him with Abby, he makes a post on Tumblr outing Simon uh, over winter break. The post uh, says he's open for invitations and makes discreet references to Blue. Martin takes this to a whole new level in the film. After his grand gesture getting rejected and being humiliated, Martin wants to bring everyone's attention to someone else. He submits a post outing Simon and his email conversations with Blue. Blue including pictures of the emails he took, both end up with the same outcomes. Simon comes out to his family on Christmas, he's bullied at school, and his friends and relationships uh, with Blue become strained. Hmm. So it's just a a Tumblr page in the book, I think. Oh, so this, this one's just very quick. So Vice Principal Worth isn't actually in the book. Oh. He was just thrown into the film. Okay. And then... Oh, this one. This is the last one. Okay. I was reading this earlier, and I thought it was very funny. So, in the film, Blue uses a Ferris wheel as a metaphor for how he's feeling about life in his Tumblr post. Uh, the Ferris wheel is used again when Simon asks Blue to meet him at one during the carnival through Creek Secrets. The two meet at the Ferris wheel, ride it, and share their first kiss at the top of, as the rest of the school watches. So while the use of the carnival ride meeting... Uh, place is in the film it's different it's a different kind of a ride with it, a different meaning blue describes a horrible experience with a tilt-a-whirl in his emails to simon in the book while they discuss oreos uh which simon claims are their own food group blue admits um that he can't eat deep fried oreos ever again he had them at a county fair and then he wrote a tilt-a-whirl which really messed with his stomach so after Blue stops responding to Simon, Simon finally sends an email saying he will be at the carnival and he'd love to meet Blue there. Simon searches the whole carnival and has given up as he approaches the Tilt-A-Whirl. Confident he won't find Blue there, Blue surprises him, sitting next to him, revealing himself to be Bram. He braves the Tilt-A-Whirl because it means he can be out to Simon, which is a huge step for both of them, and sends a beautiful message about uh, things, you, things you might be wary of for the person you love.
1: The book seems a bit bizarre.
2: I'm starting to remember it now.
1: Yeah, the book does seem a little bit bizarre.
2: Why you tilt the world on the waltz?
1: Is that the waltzers? Yeah. Oh, right. Ah, oh, well, you know, people like the waltzers.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's not... Paris is a bit more romantic, obviously.
1: Have <laughs> uh, you ever have, have a little summer romance on a waltzer
0: no, Katie, because I'm normal.
1: Yeah, well, we've all come to you. Look at it? did
0: you look at one of those lads in the waltzers and have a moment as well? Is that what happened?
1: <laughs> no, well, yeah, but no. <laughs> no, Um, I remember, so at the back of Liffey Valley, where the ice skating rink used to be, once upon a time, there used to be a Fantasia out there. Like a little... Oh, okay, yeah. Like, yeah fairground and it was like say i don't know 15 20 euro in on a on a friday night you'd get in they don't like a deal and you'd get on say however many rides for whatever Mm -hmm. but i remember there was one specific point where we'd go and like when you did actually meet up with the people you were texting you'd go there and i remember one day getting on the waltzers with one and like it's just like a romance on a waltzer
0: it's not It's not a romantic carnival right?
1: No, it's not. But when you're young...
0: <clears throat> Imagine having the, it's Simon and Brad having a smoot on the waltzers.
1: Oh, you can't smoot on the waltzers. You're next to be stuck to it, like. <laughs> I got whiplash, haven't Minor whiplash, but I did.
2: Okay. okay. Right,
0: The things that come out of your mouth every week, I swear to God. It's... <laughs> What? Something new with you. It's always something from your past that just kind of creeps in.
1: Oh, always. Always.
0: Anyway, we are going to talk about the success of love, Simo. Um
1: tell me how successful it was.
0: Um so the film has a 92% rating on Rotten Tomatoes, which does in fact mean
1: it is higher than rent.
0: Very much so, 92%. The film earned $66.3 million at the box office against a budget of between 10 to 17 million. Oh, that's good. Yeah, so uh, Nick Robinson and Keenan Lonsdale won the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. Uh, The film won three Teen Choice Awards. It won the Glad Media Award for Best Film. And the film also got a sequel spin-off series on Hulu and Disney Plus in the form of Love, Victor.
1: I haven't watched it, but I've seen it come up.
0: I've seen clips of it. I haven't watched it. Um, mm-hmm. It's been on my list for the last few years. Um... I don't know, yeah, thought I'd say about that. Um, so, okay, Katie, you're up next.
2: <laughs>
1: I think that means it's time for school to be in session for Evan. Yeah. That's all right, everybody. It's pop quiz time. So, start it out, we're just going to go straight into it. Um, most of these can be multiple choice if you need. Okay. So, just ask. So, what was the breakfast that Nora made at the very start?
0: Was it the pancakes?
1: What kind of pancakes?
0: Blueberry pancakes.
2: Am I wrong?
1: Um, do, you want, do you
2: want <laughs> some sort of pancakes?
1: You're close.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It is pancakes. I'll give you. I'll give you half a point. Okay. Because the. Correct answer was cornmeal pancakes.
0: Oh, yeah, because they were like too crumbly. And I didn't understand that.
1: Blackberry compot.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, so one of my offers was oatmeal pancakes with blueberry compote, but it was cornmeal pancakes with blackberry compote. So I'll give you half a point.
2: Okay.
1: Um. What is the name of the coffee place Simon and his friends frequent?
0: Okay, you're going to give me multiple choice on that one because I genuinely don't know.
1: That's fine. The dancing go, mm-hmm. the dancing bear, twirling chicken, or Java brew.
0: I think it's Java brew.
1: Is that your final answer?
0: Yeah.
1: It's the dancing go.
0: Oh, that was gonna be oh, that was my first, and then I was like, no, I think it's it's Java something in the book actually. Oh, is it? Yeah, something Java in the book.
1: Okay. Um. What Broadway show was Mrs. Albright an extra in? The Lion King. You are correct. <laughs> um who lives across the street from each other?
0: Nick and Leah.
1: Correct. Uh what is the name of Simon's secret love?
0: The, like the alias?
1: Yeah. Lou. Yes. Correct. Um this one's easy. Who blackmailed Simon? Martin. Yes, correct. Um, which two characters drink iced coffee with milk?
0: Okay, Abby drinks it with it oat milk. Matter-
1: yeah, it doesn't matter the type of milk. I was gonna say.
0: Okay, Abby drinks with oat milk, and I think Nick
1: does. Is that your final answer?
0: I know, is it Abby and Leah?
1: Is that your final answer?
0: <laughs> Abby and Simon, that's my final answer.
1: Okay, no, it's Abby and Bram.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> so the only time we see iced coffee is when Abby and Bram are in the car. Um, oh. how, how many potential blues did we see?
0: Three?
1: Yes. Hmm. Technically, it was four if you're counting Martin, but nobody's yeah. counting Martin. <laughs> so no, no, so no. yeah, three 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 yeah, I agree. And then, um, what did Blue tell Simon his favorite snack was, and what is specificable? Like, I do have multiple types for this.
0: So I, it's the Oreos, and it's the orange Oreos because they're the Halloween Oreos.
1: Yeah,
0: I really want to try uh, this.
1: Yeah. Well it's not Halloween. i was gonna be like you might find them in America, it's really not Halloween. Uh
0: well, you, 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 you
1: uh, well I feel like America just always has things to... anyway. Um mm. which actor does Simon say he had a recurring nightmare of as a child?
2: You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, as
0: a as a former Simon, I'm right there with you, pal.
1: <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> <laughs> um well you got you only got two wrong.
2: Okay,
1: two and a <laughs> half, two and a <laughs> half wrong. Oh, uh, so eight, eight and a half. Very good. Uh, good as
0: well as I thought I would. and um, So next up, we're gonna put Love Simon on our pop scale. We rank it out of five based on how much we uh like it, and then space and pop culture. Katie, what do you give Ebecca the most simon? Uh, <laughs>
1: i'm never gonna call it that by the way um
0: <laughs> you get did you like you get two of these and that's it
1: <laughs> yeah i'm gonna have to start limiting you on your french titles um <laughs> no i'm gonna give this a three and a half mm. uh, i really enjoyed it but i can't fully relate so i feel like that just gives me like not a chance to give it the full four but also like um yeah, I just think it deserves a three and a half. But I did really, really enjoy it. And I can see myself watching it a few more times. Mm-hmm. Um, Where do you put it?
0: I'm going to give it a three and a half as well. Okay. Because when I first saw it, I initially loved it. Uh, Watched it a few times now. This was recent time for this. I was like, it's actually a bit kind of corny when you look back at it. But I still think it's good. Like,
1: Yeah, it's definitely good. It's definitely corny, but like... Mm. All the best films. It's, it?
0: it's John Janus and I love that that insta- uh, kind of take. Yeah. Um, I think it is just a really good story. It's good and for especially younger audiences. I think like that is the target audience of this movie. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Great performances. Great soundtrack. Introduced in 1975.
1: Maddie. Um, <laughs> it did you're not wrong.
0: Absolutely. Um. So yeah, I think it's a great film and i just don't love it as much as i initially did i suppose it's okay but it's got a good message and yeah uh so three and a half for love simon
1: perfect
0: okay so next up we're going to talk about what's popping meaning what we are enjoying in terms of pop culture katie what's popping with you
1: What's popping with me? It's a great question. Um, mm. My job. <laughs> not
0: You've said that a bit. You get um, two more of those.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. No, genuinely, though, it's my life. Mm. It's my full life. I'm not going to say this is popping, but it's definitely taking a lot of my focus, and that is the Adam and Colleen stuff. Okay, yeah. No, so, it's not popping, but it's a lot a lot of what i'm consuming
2: Mm -hmm.
1: um but i'm not loving it you know what i mean yeah um on my regular podcasts i legit haven't watched anything other than youtube at the moment and sims of course Mm. what's happening with you
0: so uh let's see reading a new book um so i have to just grab it Not, not that you can see it why am i doing this
1: I don't know. Do you know the title or do you have three? Yeah, I do.
0: It's called Romantic Comedy okay. um, by Curtis Sittenfield. I'm probably pronouncing it wrong. Uh, but it's about this comedy writer who works for a sketch show called TNL, so kind of like SNL. Yeah. was part of Reese Witherspoon's book club, so we should just trust her and everything.
2: Of course. <laughs>
0: so uh, it's very, very funny. It's kind of like 30 Rock-esque, very Tina Fey-ish. Kind of okay. Okay. Of so it's right up my street um yeah, uh, thought it was I think it's very, very good, and I can't wait to finish it uh Vanderpump Rules part three, the reunion you saw my if you follow our Instagram you' I don't need to say anymore.
1: I did see it, yeah,
2: yeah uh,
0: what else is there I genuinely I used to be great at watching shows now I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: you're like me now
0: course,
1: hey, what happened to me? I'm a lovely girl.
0: I used to be so young.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't watch TV shows.
0: Uh, I saw Sabrina Carpenter's uh, concert on Sunday. Um, And yeah, that was really, really good. Also, this podcast is back that I love. And I think I've talked about it before. It was Table Manners. with Jessie Ware and her mother, Lenny Ware. And it's very good. So Jessie Ware is a singer, but she does this podcast as well. So they're back for a new season. They've had... Who have they had on? Anne-Marie Nell Gallagher. I need to listen to that.
1: Oh. <laughs>
0: they had Pink on. Pink just stopped at someone's gaff in England to have the snack. Would you believe it? Belly. Harold Vauderman, um Danny Minogue, you're me. Um, Why me? <laughs>
1: Come on, Danny. <laughs>
0: yeah, so they, have, few, they always have interesting guests there. I don't know how they get them. Um. Yeah, just... Uh, Usual podcasts, the same shows. I'm not going to repeat it. Yeah, that's about it with me.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, and I suppose Leanne's uh, snippet of the song that's out tomorrow. So, yeah, I'll say that as well.
1: True, 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 true.
0: So, Katie, where can the people find us?
1: People can find us on Instagram and Twitter and Make It A Podcast. Make sure you're following us so that you can see the latest, especially as Evan watches stuff to do with Vanderpump podcast it's there might there might be more content in that regard we never know
2: yeah,
1: um right. we never know um people can find us yeah instagram and twitter at make it a podcast once again um you can give us a review on on apple podcasts and a rating on spotify if you so wish and if any of your family or friends are like I'm bored I need a new podcast send them our way we've lots of episodes for them to listen to and they can find us anywhere they get their
2: podcasts.
0: Okay, so we want to wish all of you a happy Pride Month. Yeah. We hope that you will party your asses off. <laughs> We're gonna be taking yeah, we are gonna be taking a two-week break. So we'll be back uh, in July and you will hear from us then.
2: Bye-bye.